God tonight. Let your word sink deep in the recesses of our soul, God. Oh, Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Revive us again. Revive us, God, in the midst of our times, our trials, and things that are in front of us today. We give you all of the glory, God, and all the praise and all of the honor. Bless your name. Bless your name. Bless the speaker. Bless the hearer, God, tonight. Give you all the praise and all the glory. Hallelujah. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. All right, it's all yours, bud. Bless you. Thanks. Good to see you guys again. What a great, great crowd. And uh, we must not have anything, anything to do tonight. So I'm glad you, you're here. I want to go to the Bible before I start because it's going to be uh, what I talk about. It's going to be based out of this text. So Ephesians chapter 6, if you have your Bibles. And I want to read um, verses 10 through 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Um, very popular text, obviously. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, verse 18, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So, I want to talk to you tonight about being spiritually armed and dangerous. Spiritually armed and dangerous. And I want to talk to you about the armor of God and uh, how we can apply it to our lives in a better way. When you wake up every morning, you're going to be involved in one of three types of wars. There's going to be one of the three types of fights is going to happen in your life every morning. Either it's going to be a day where you war against your flesh and the things that you struggle with, or it's going to be a day that you war against the world and the influence of the world coming at you, or it's going to be a day where you war against the spirit world and hell trying to attack you. Those are the three types of wars that every child of God deals with uh, daily. And the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. In other words, if you are struggling with your flesh, you are disqualified from even fighting in the spirit world because you are already in a different battle. If you can't get victory over yourself, you'll never get victory over the enemy. In fact, the quickest way to get victory over the enemy is to get victory over yourself. The quickest way to get into the spirit world is to, to defeat the flesh. The devil never has to attack me if he has me wrapped up in the flesh all the time. He never has to attack you if he can just trip you up every morning with something here or there and get you in the flesh. Then he's got you how he wants you. You cannot fight against his kingdom the way that you want to. And so spiritual authority in your life only works when you're in the spirit. That's why it's called spiritual authority. 
It does not work in the flesh. What does that mean? If someone cuts me off in the highway and I say, God, kill him, he's not going to do it because I'm using spiritual authority in the flesh. It's not going to work. That's, that's trying to operate with authority, but yet being in the flesh. So we have to understand that when we are used of God in the spirit, it's because we are in the spirit of the Lord. The more we're in the spirit, the more likely we will be used of God in authority. I want to talk to you, though, about putting on the armor of God. And the Bible said two times in this text that to put on the whole armor, signifying that people would try to fight the devil without the whole armor on. Paul says it twice because he knows it's the nature of mankind to try to fight the enemy without all of the armor on every day. And the problem when you don't put all the armor on is this, that hell picks up where you're not armored and that's where they'll send the fight that day. That's where they'll come at you. Wherever you don't have armor on, that's where they want to fight you. That's where they see you exposed. And so uh, I want to talk to you about the dimensions of the armor of God and give you some things God gave me in my prayer clause a couple weeks ago. And I felt instantly when he gave them to me that I wanted to do that here tonight in this session. The first thing he says when he says put on the armor of God, the first thing he says to put on is to gird your loins with truth. Uh, other layers of protection are going to be over where you gird your loins or your core with truth. But it's the innermost layer of protection. The word, those, that phrase, gird your loins, means equip yourself with the knowledge of truth. It's, truth doesn't make you free. It's knowing the truth that makes you free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You have to have a knowledge of it and gird yourself with it. The Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. The Bible says that the Father seeketh such to worship him, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, since this revelation, I have learned that every morning now when I get up, the first thing I do when I get up is I start quoting the word of God out loud because that's girding my loins with truth. First thing I say in the mornings, here is where the Lord our God is one Lord. I start quoting verses on the oneness of God because I want the enemy to know that I am, that's the, that's the thing he wants the most. It's the, it's the deepest layer of protection that you have. It's the, it's the most sacred thing you have is the truth. And so it's why it's so layered deeply inside of all the other armor. It's the truth. It's the hardest thing for hell to get to. Once you get the truth, it's hard for hell to get that out of you because they know you believe it, you see it, your eyes are open. And so understanding that don't just get it, but protect it. Guard it. I, I get nervous when I preach about baptism or the Holy Ghost, and I bring up verses that that new converts will shout about, and seasoned saints will sit there on them because people get over their salvation really quickly. They get over what happened in their, even though they were delivered from drugs too 30 years ago, it's no big deal to them now to hear those verses. And hell loves it when those verses of salvation or the oneness of God are not important to you. If there's ever verses you ought to shout about when they're preached, it's verses on the oneness of God because it's verses that let hell know I still have the truth close to my spirit and close to my heart and you can't take that from me. It's the deepest layer. It's the thing that they want the most. It's the most treasured thing you have is the truth. When you know this doctrine, when you know what you believe, that's the thing that they're going to try to get to, but it's going to be the hardest thing for them to get to. And so... He said, the first thing you do is you gird your loins, equip yourself with knowledge of the truth. Don't just know verses because pastor preaches them and you've heard them a few times. So I know this verse, I know that verse, but study the word of God yourself. Get some verse, memorize some verses on the truth 
so that you have them in your spirit and you know I can I can quote this verse I can quote that verse that's equipping yourself or that's girding your loins with the truth that's that's covering your core with the truth so then he says after you do that you put on the breastplate of righteousness uh, the breastplate covered the chest and the back it, it overlapped where the loins were girded with truth but so it's it's, it's covering the truth, but it's also, most importantly, the breastplate is covering your heart. And he says, cover your heart with righteousness. Righteousness, the word righteousness means to please God, to have integrity, to have purity, to have character. In other words, guard your heart by pleasing God. Guard your heart by praying for purity, praying for integrity praying for character. The Bible says that out of the heart are the issues of life. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So you understand the heart is, is it's essential to protect your heart. Don't just give anybody your heart. Your heart belongs to God. If, if, you, if you give your heart to someone, as soon as they leave you, they'll take your heart with, you, with them. And, and now you're left hopeless because they've got your heart. Your heart belongs to God. I love what Job said in Job 27 verse 6. He said, my righteousness I hold fast and will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me as long as I live. In other words, I'm guarding my heart with righteousness. I'm not going to let my heart do what it wants to do because your heart can be deceiving and deceptive and wicked and evil. If you let the heart, it's made out of flesh. And if we let our heart rule us, and we can make the wrong decisions. And so, so Job said, I, I, I hold on to righteousness. And Paul said, you cover up your heart. Don't let your heart lead the way. You guard your heart. Block your heart uh, from things on the inside and things on the outside. Things that your heart wants to do that are not right and things that the devil wants you to do that are not right. You have to guard your heart. I think I've told this before. Maybe I have, maybe I've not. But I remember a story. Brother Hernandez told me this. He said that his wife was uh, in medical school and she was in Houston. And they went to this big, huge uh, clinic. I think it was MD Anderson it's a really big uh, cancer clinic, but there was a man, do, a doctor doing heart transplant surgery uh, on a man. And so this class that she was in got to watch the surgery through a window. And he, so he takes the heart, the old heart out of the man and opens up the, the, the cooler or the freezer with the heart on the ice and takes the new heart and he puts it in the man and the heart did not beat. And so he started massaging the heart to get the heart to respond and the heart did not beat. So he slapped the heart several times and the heart did not respond. So to save the man's life, he took the shock paddles out and shocked the heart and saved his life. He said, there are three ways that God tries to get to your heart and speak to your heart. He says, it's, 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 the, it's the touch first. He, it's gentle, it's love. It's you can make it. I'm here for you. Get up. You can do it. Hang in there. When you fall, I'll be there. Get back up. You can do this. That's God massaging your heart. That's God saying, I love you. But after a while, if you don't respond to that, you don't grow and you don't get any closer. God does something else to get our attention. He, he slaps the heart. He does something to get your attention. It's not, it's not comfortable. It's not easy. It's, uh, maybe, maybe you skip church for a while and you get away with it and God keeps trying to encourage you and the pastor keeps trying to Come on, be faithful. You can make it. We love you. And after a while, you don't you don't respond to that. So God has to do something to get your attention. Hey, you, you need to be in church tonight. And this happened because you weren't in church today. And 
And so that's that's called God slapping the heart, God trying to get our attention. And if we don't respond to that, then there's a dimension none of us want to tap into where God has to do something to shock us to get our attention. Ultimately, it's all about the heart, though. The softer your heart is to God, the more sensitive you are to God. It don't matter. We're all flesh. We all make mistakes. We all fail. But if your heart is soft in the presence of God and sensitive to God, you can stay in that first dimension where God's always encouraging you, trying to help you get along because you'll respond quickly. David had a heart after God. God just would, God would whisper things. David would get convicted so quickly on things. And God would spare him judgment several times because David's heart was toward the Lord. So guard your heart with everything you have. Cover your heart every morning. The third thing he said, now this, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm doing this all for a reason. I want to show you something that's really awesome how this happens. He starts off by saying, now, you know, gird your loins with truth. So when you get up in the morning, you know, this, is what I'm, this is what I'm doing. I get up in the morning, I start quoting the word of God on the truth, and I gird my loins. Then I start talking, to, I, I start giving my heart to God. God, I give my heart to you today. Cover my heart from things that, that it desires that are not pleasing to you, etc. I'm not even into, I'm not even praying really yet. I'm just I'm putting the armor on. I'm, I'm putting the breastplate of righteousness on. Well, then you would think that after he deals with your truth, the core, the, he's, he's dealing with internal organs, the heart. You would think he would go straight to the head next. You know, you're protecting all the the, the chest and the and the stomach. And now he's saying, now shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You would think he would go next to the head, but instead he goes down to the feet and says, shod your feet or bind on, that's what shod means, bind on your feet the preparation, which preparation means to make prepared of the gospel. Gospel is good news of peace. In other words, you need to start preparing for good news of peace when you get up in the morning. When you put on the armor of God, prepare yourself to have peace today. It's not that you're saying I won't have a war. You will have a war, but you're saying I'm going to live in peace. Here's why. The devil wants you and hell wants you to live for God with anxiety, with panic and stress, afraid, depressed, worried, sick, exhausted. And those are things that he gets to you if he doesn't see your feet shod with peace. If he doesn't see you walking in peace, he's going to bring anxiety every day. He's going to bring stress every day. He's just going to bring fear every day because he knows you're not putting on the preparation of the gospel of peace. So because anxiety does not trust and panic does not believe. And so if he can get us into panicking, we won't believe the word of God. And if he can get us into anxiety, we won't trust God or anybody else around us. But if you get into peace, no matter what comes to you around you, they cannot get to you because you're walking in that peace of God, that peace that passeth all understanding. And in fact, I would say this, that I think that if, uh, if, if, I'm, if I'm reading it right, this is the one piece of armor most people don't put on in the morning is the preparation for peace. It's not expectation of peace. It's preparing for peace. There's a difference in expecting to have peace and preparing for it. In other words, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm preparing. For, I'm going to prepare myself. If they say this, I'm going to react this way. If they come at me like this, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say this because I know if I respond this way, it's going to bring peace. If I respond the way I normally respond, it's going to bring strife and arguing and contention. So I'm going to prepare for peace. I'm going to prepare my spirit, how to respond, my facial expressions, how to react. It's, it's easier said than done. 
but boy, what it's, it's a big help when we start doing it. We start saying, I'm going to live in peace today. And when you take that dimension away from the enemy that you cannot have my peace, you really deal him a serious blow. When, when you say, no matter what you bring, I'm going to step into peace today. I'm going to expect God and trust God and prepare that God's going to give me peace today. And there's a lot more that I'm going to leave it alone because I feel like there's something here. There's, there's something that Paul does next that's really amazing. He said, and above all, take the shield of faith. He doesn't, it's, uh, the shield of faith is the outermost layer of protection, okay? The, the, the loins girt about the truth is the innermost layer. It's the hardest thing for the devil to get to is the truth. But faith is the easiest thing for the devil to get to in your life. It's the outermost layer of protection. In fact, that's why he said, take it. See, the difference, the reason why it's easy for the devil to take your faith is because the other pieces of the armor you wear, but faith you hold. You don't wear faith. You have to hold on to faith. You have to grip faith. And so it's easy for the devil to take something from you that you don't just automatically step into every day. Boom, I, I, I just have peace. I, I know the truth. I love the truth. I'm going to be well, I'm going to be pure and righteous. Those, those are things about your character because you're living for God. But faith is a battle to hold on to. And we always talk about faith in like an offensive way. Like, you know, we think faith is healing the sick and seeing miracles. Paul said faith is a shield. Faith is defensive. Faith is protection. Real faith is defensive. Real faith is I don't feel like coming because the devil's fighting me, but I'm going to go to church anyway. Real faith is I'm barely hanging on. The devil's attacking my family, but I'm going to trust God anyway. It's not, it's not seeing blind eyes open. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the gift of faith. But real faith in your life is holding on when the devil's trying to beat you and attack you and stress you out and, and make you angry. Real faith says I'm just going to hang on. God's going to do something for me in my life. In fact, you can find that in, in uh, you can find more of that in Luke 18 when the woman goes to the unjust judge and and keeps bugging him about her need and and she's she's got this need and she won't let go and she's barely hanging on and he said, look, just give her what she wants because she's about to weary me. And then the story ends and the next verse Jesus says, and when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith on the earth? He, in other words, she said, I'm barely holding on, but God said, I call that faith. When you keep coming to me and you're barely holding on, I call that faith. When you keep coming to the altar for a loved one and, I, and, and I'm not answering it, I call that faith. When you keep coming to the altar and you've come up 50 times to be healed and you're still sick, but here you come again, I call that faith. When you keep praying for the job to get better and it keeps getting worse, but you keep worshiping me anyway and blessing me, I call that faith. And that's the kind of faith you will have to have to win the battle in the end. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. That's, that's called holding on to faith right there. That's, that's holding on. So uh, here's what's scary is that if the devil gets your faith, Romans 14, 23 says, whatsoever is not a faith is sin. So it's easier to sin. Now this is going to, it's easier to fall into sin when you're lacking faith. If they get your faith, the first thing they can get is you, they can get you to do a sin. How, no matter if it's, it's if it's verbal sin or physical sin or emotional sin or spiritual sin or financial sin, whatever, if they can get your faith, it's much easier to get you to sin because if you're operating without faith, you're operating in sin. That's why the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
He that cometh to God must believe that he is. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if I'm living for God, not in faith, this is going to shock some people. I'm actually sinning. If I'm living for God, not believing he's going to do it, I'm sinning. Old Charles Finney years ago was a powerful man. Years ago, hundreds of years ago, he wrote, he wrote something in a book one time. He said, he said um, if you pray for something and you don't believe that God's going to do it, don't even pray it. Because you're praying in doubt and you're making God out to be a liar. Because you really don't believe he's going to do it anyway. In other words, you're approaching God with doubt. It really ticks God off. It's hard to approach him with faith all the time. But he said, you, if you're expecting something from me, you must come with faith. Now, here's, what's, here's where it's amazing. It's, it's a shield of faith. And so I want to ask you a question. Can hell see your shield? Can hell see your shield? Not, 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 your, not your brother in church, not, not, not the people you impress with your worship. Can hell see your shield when no one's around on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday? Uh, when, when someone gives you a bad report, can, can, hell, can hell hear you respond, oh, God's going to make a way, God's going to come through, or, or is it the exact opposite? Because hell, here's why hell needs to see your shield. Because the Bible says with that shield, you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now watch this. In the beginning, he says, we wrestle against the spirits. We wrestle them, which means to struggle against them in combat. But it says they shoot at us. In other words, they like to fight us from a distance before they wrestle us. And the reason they don't want to fight you from a distance is because of that shield of faith. They can't get to you when you're walking in faith. But if they can get you to lower that shield, now you're wrestling the devil without faith. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. You have to keep the shield of faith. Those, those soldiers with that shield, they can duck under it. They can, they, can, they can protect themselves from what the enemy's doing. And hell will shoot before they wrestle with you. And so it's not, it's not even that it's, a, it's an arrow, which is what that, that dart is an arrow or a javelin. It's not even that it's an arrow. It says it's a fiery dart. And it, that means in the Greek to be dipped in fire. They would, in other words, what hell wants to do is the thing they're going to shoot at you they want to set it on fire before they shoot you because the intention is not to wound you. The intention is to wound you and then start to burn a fire inside of you where they wounded you. What, do, what does that mean? Someone will make a comment at you, and it's the desire of hell for you to not just, oh, let that go, but for you to get offended at that person. And then a, a fire of bitterness begins to burn in you because someone says something to you. Now, the Spirit says, oh, man, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. They didn't mean that. I, I still love them. But if you don't have the shield of faith, it's like, I'm not going back to church next week. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to go back. They don't really love me. They don't really care about me. If they really cared, they wouldn't have said this or they would have thought this. What you're doing is you've been shot with an arrow that was set on fire before it hit you. That's why the devil desires for a sin to turn into an addiction. Because if, it's, if, it, if it gets to you and he starts a fire, it can burn you down from the inside out. That's what addiction does. It controls you. And that's what a fiery dart does from the enemy. He shoots it, hoping that a fire will begin to burn inside of you, whether it's a fire for the, for the sin or a fire of bitterness or a fire of rebellion or whatever he can get to burn in you. He, he, dips the, he dips the arrow in a fire. If he's coming to tempt you, he's coming to get you bound by an addiction. 
He's coming to drive you out of church. He's coming to get you against the pastor or against someone in the church, against your brother, against your sister. Whatever he can do to set the arrow on fire, he will do that to hopefully burn you down. And it's sad how many people I've seen leave church blaming everybody else when they've got an arrow stuck inside them that's on fire. Oh, I left the church because of this person. I left that he did this and he said that. No, you got shot with an arrow because you weren't walking in faith. And now that arrow is on fire inside of you and you won't let anything go. And every time someone brings up that church or that person's name, you get angry and you get upset about it because there's a burning fire inside of you still. It's like, hmm, that situation happened years ago, but the arrow is still stuck in you and burning a lot. It's burning inside of you because it was dipped in fire by hell, hoping to kill you from the inside out. You have to have the shield of faith. You have uh, that's why that's why he said above all. If you lose all the armor, but you're holding on to faith, you might be able to make it through. <laughs> you might, if you just hold on, I'm losing everything else. But boy, I believe God can get me out of this. You're gonna get through it. But if you start losing that, oh, God's not gonna come through. You're gonna fall to the weakest thing, the smallest thing to take you out. But I'm telling you, the greatest giant can't touch you if you come in there in faith and say, I have a God who you have defied, and I believe I've come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I'm going to have victory in this thing. Goliath can't take you out if you come to him in faith. Man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then he says, this is why he does this next. Now I see why. And then he says, put on the helmet of salvation. Why? Because if they get to your faith, they're going to your head next. They can get to your faith. They're going after your head next. And so you have to put on the helmet of salvation. Now, uh, the helmet of salvation, salvation right there means the hope of future saving. Okay. And the helmet would surround the entire top of the head, not just the front, obviously, but the entire head. And so what he's saying is you've got to consume your mind with two things. Number one, the hope of future saving. God's going to get you out of this and you're going to get to heaven one day. What you're fighting right now is real, but one day it's all going to be over and you're going to make it to heaven. There'll be no devil fighting you. There'll be no stress. There'll be no cancer. There'll be no fear. No, there'll be no, none of these things are going to come at you because you're going to be there with Jesus. So you've got to keep that hope that no matter how bad it is, I'm going to get, the Lord's going to bring me through this. And the second thing is you've got to, you've got to have, you have to have hope for your current situation that God's going to save you in it too. No matter how, how bleak it is and how bad it is, you've got to wake up in the morning and put the helmet of salvation on. God's going to make a way. God's going to come through. God's going to help me in this. God's going to protect me. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it. I don't know where the money's coming from. I don't know how, but I just know that if I don't put the helmet of salvation on, I'll listen and entertain other thoughts that will convince me before the day's over that God isn't even real and God doesn't good, care good, about me. Good. So before I even get up and face any human being, boom, I put the helmet on. You're not getting to my mind, Satan. I don't care what you say to me. My mind belongs to the Lord. I can tell you from warfare experience in the Holy Ghost that if you will put the if you'll put this on your mind, it doesn't matter what the devil says to you or about you. At the end of the day, you'll still be standing in Jesus' name. That's why I said when you've done all the stands, stand therefore and gird those loins with truth. Put that breastplate of righteousness on. Shod your feet with the gospel. Take the shield of faith and then cover your head. Cover your head. Cover your head. Cover your mind. If you if the devil can whisper thoughts to you, 
But if you don't, and if you don't cover your mind, those thoughts can turn into imagination. Those imaginations can turn into actions, to words, to sin. He can destroy you from the inside out all because your helmet's not on. He doesn't have to use a person to do it. He just can whisper a thought to you. Because if he sees the helmet's not on, boom, I'm going to go after their head today. I'm just going to whisper in their spirit all day long. Thoughts, 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 thoughts. Don't even have to use a person to offend them. Don't have to use someone to upset them. Just whisper a thought in their head because I don't see a helmet. And whenever they don't, like I said earlier, whenever they don't see a piece of armor, they're coming there. So, so the helmet is not just, well, well okay, well, I'm just going to hope to God protects me. No, I am going to cover my mind. How do you do that? You say, God, I dedicate my mind to you. This morning, every thought, if I start to if I start to wander, check me immediately. Let me feel the helmet rattle against my flesh. Don't let me just veer off. In the helmet, you've got to protect your eyes. You've got to protect your mind. Wherever, wherever the devil's trying to get you at, put that helmet on and block it. Block it. And I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel like I'm talking to somebody in that room right now. Listen, you need to make sure that the devil can't just have your mind. He can't just because you're not sinning physically. Doesn't mean you're not sinning emotionally if he's got your mind. So well, I'm not I'm not doing anything physical, but you're mentally sinning. Because he's got the helmet away from you. It's the same thing. You're still losing the battle. You're 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 great on the outside, but on the inside it's a dead man's bones. It's just the enemy is wreaking havoc. There's spiritual cancer in you because my, my. the enemy has a war zone and, he, and he's a playground right here. My, my. And he just takes over right here. You can't let him have your mind. Get out of my mind. Get away from my mind. If he's in your spouse's mind, lay your hands on them when they sleep and say, get out of her mind. Get out of his mind. There's going to be peace in this house. There's going to be strength in this house. My mind belongs to God. I'll say it in the Holy Ghost. That sin usually manifests in the heart or the mind. And if it can get out of the heart and get into the mind, even if the person never acts on the sin, if the devil sees that helmet's not there, he won't even try anywhere else. He'll just stay there the rest of your life. He'll just shoot there because he knows I'll take you there. You'll think you're saved. You'll fake the whole church out on your way to hell because oh I got your oh mind. My. You're fighting without your helmet on. You're, 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 you've got it all right on the outside, but right here, you're a prisoner. Come on, Jesus. Mm. Jesus. And now here's the fun part. Because all those weapons are defensive. And we get one offensive weapon in all of this. All those, which, all the weapons, all the armor so far is defensive. That tells you you're going to get shot more than you're going to shoot. You're going to get attacked more than you fight back. You're going to have more things attack you. Okay? But then it says, then you take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If the Bible's boring to you, the devil's in your head already. Come on. Because yeah. he knows if I can get you to fight without your sword, you'll always be in defensive mode. Have the rest of the armor on, but you never swing at me. I'm never worried about you taking me out. Right. Good. So here's what God told me a couple weeks ago. I always read my Bible quietly. And he told me every morning from now on, when you put the armor on, you start with you start quoting the word and you're girding your loins of truth, and then you start speaking things over your heart and make sure your heart's right with me before you leave. You can, that's, you can call that repentance right there, getting your heart right. And then, and then you shod your feet with peace and you said, look, I'm going to have peace today. Calm my spirit, the things I'm worried about, the things I'm stressed about, I give to you right now. The things I'm, they're, they're making me afraid, I give to you right now. 
and then you grab that shield of faith and you say, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. You start speaking prophetically to yourself. God's going to make a way. God's going to come through. And then he said, after that, you put the helmet of salvation on. You give your mind to God. But then he told me this. He said, then read your Bible out loud. And I was listening. I didn't understand why at first. He just said, read it out loud. And, and so I said, okay. And then he told me, here's why. Because the beginning of the next verse says, praying always. In other words, before he even goes into prayer, he says, put all the armor on and swing your sword. He's letting hell know that when someone reads their Bible out loud, it's creating space in the atmosphere for the prayers that are about to be released to go up. When you read your Bible out loud, you may feel nothing, but what you're doing is you are creating space in the atmosphere for what you were about to pray about that you really want God to answer. The Bible says prayer and supplication. That's your needs. In other words, don't bring your needs to God without your armor on. Do not bring your needs to God without armor on because it's impossible for the needs to get through if you're trying to fight the things above you and resisting you with no armor on. There's absolutely nothing hell loves more than you trying to have a prayer life but not having a relationship with the word of God. Come on, yeah, I believe it. Hell loves it when you pray, 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 but don't read, 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 read because you are ultimately trying to get those prayers through and they're real and they're sincere and they're serious. But the problem is you're, you're not getting anywhere. You're not getting any space. You're not getting any answers because you're not swinging the sword, letting hell know back off. I'm about to come pray. On, come back on. off. I'm about to say something. I'm about to pray a big yeah. prayer. I'm about to pray for my family. You better back up in the name of Jesus. What are you doing? You're letting hell know I've got a weapon and I'll use it. Hallelujah. And they hate to hear the word. Oh, yeah, now, that's right. Why do we read it silently? I'll tell you why we read it silently. When the battle's on the inside, when you're really struggling with flesh, we read it silently because the sword goes to work on the inside. The sword goes to work on the things that are in our hearts or our minds or our spirit. And so when you read it silently, you go, boy, I need to work on that. Wow, I need to fix that. I need to repent about that. And you're reading it silently because the word's working on your flesh. But when you read it vocally, you're working on the spirit world around you. That's why when you read the word out loud in your house, the demons hate it because you're reading it over your kids. And they know they want to fight your kids, but you're reading it out loud. I command every devil to stay away from my kid. The word of God said this. The word of God said that. You're reading the Bible out loud in the atmosphere. They don't want to be around your house when you're doing that. They don't want to be around your house when you're reading the Bible out loud. They don't want no part of that. But when you do that, it's powerful. And I've, I've tried to now. I'm doing it every day now. That's when the kids go to school. I'm praying the armor of God on them. And they're little five, four and five years old, but I don't care. I know for a fact this is protection in the spirit. I, I'm praying over every little thing that can get to them. They go to, a, they go to a Baptist school. It's a great school. They're learning. We're just a part of that school. It's trying to teach them false doctrine, trying to teach them the Trinity. And I, 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 I'm not stupid. And as far as that goes, I see that's a spirit that's trying to work in my little guy, five and four years old. And they're hearing verses about this and this. And so I start quoting verses to them, and having them memorize verses go. on the oneness of God, and having them go to the front of the church and preach, and, and let them quote the verses in the, in the microphone, because I'm letting hell know the armor's on this kid. The armor is on this kid, and I'm not getting the truth away from them. I put the truth on them right now, the center of their life. Let the truth guard them. Here's what's awesome. Then he says, praying for others. In, in, in uh, Ephesians 6, 18, after you pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, 
watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Ready for this? In other words, without your armor on, you cannot help your brother. Come on. Like it. Without your armor on, you are not an asset to the church. You're not an asset of war to the people, to your family. If you're living without your armor on and you're trying to help them and you're wondering why it's not working, it's because you are trying to fight in a war and you're defenseless. You can't even get to your brother. You cannot pray for me to be delivered if you've got chains on. You can't pray, God, set me free while you're trying to stretch your chain toward me. You've got to get the chains off of you, put the armor on, and then pray for me, and I'll feel what you're praying. You're an asset of war because you have armor on. You're protected. Listen, there's a, there's a verse in Acts 12, verse 8, when Peter's in prison. And, he's, and the angel comes down to get him out. And the Bible said in verse 8, the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. So he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. So he said, look, the angel came in to get Peter out of jail. And he, he turns the lights on. He smites him on the side. He's got the guards asleep. He's breaking doors open. But the one thing he wouldn't do was put Peter's clothes on and put Peter's armor on. He said, you gird yourself. You, you put on your shoes. You get those shoes on. You put the garment about you. That's what. That's your job. I'm here to fight for you. I'm here to help you. But look how you're at. You're sleeping, and you took off your armor. They're about to execute you, and, and they're they're coming to destroy you. And you've taken off the armor. And I'm here to help you, but I won't put your armor on. Get your armor on before you leave. Come on, good, good. Get your armor on before you leave. Mm. It's amazing how we get into this dimension where we think, okay, you know, God's going to do everything for me and God's going to bring it all to me. There are certain things that God will not do until he sees us grow and develop things. And if we could get the armor of God on every day and then start our prayer meetings and then start our day, we'd have a lot more answered prayers. We'd have a lot more peace, a lot more faith. A lot more righteousness. We wouldn't sin so quickly because we'd be checking our mind and our heart all day long because the armor is on. And you notice something about the armor of God? It's, it's all attributes of God. Truth. God is truth. Righteousness. Peace. Faith. Uh, salvation. Uh, the word. In other words, God is telling you this. If I was fighting in your shoes in your battle here I'd bring myself in here's the parts of me that I'd use to fight your battle and here's the revelation of all of it okay when you put the armor on the enemy sees God not you they see God on you God above you God surrounding you God in you when they don't see God that's where they shoot but when you put the armor on, you, you're just trying to help me be righteous and help me be pure. And God, let my mind be right. But what the enemy sees, man, I can't get to her today. I can't get to him. He's covered by God. Because the armor is God. We call it the armor of God. The armor is God. And when you put the armor on, you're putting God on. And the enemy can't get through that those barriers of protection. He can't get through faith. He can't get through peace. He can't get through righteousness. He can't get through salvation and hope. He can't get through the truth. He can't get through the word of God. When you really want to fight, this is how you fight. Here's how you get victory. You know, 
We're so accustomed to just complaining our whole walk with God. Well, why does God let this happen? Why, does, why doesn't God fix it? I've done it and you've done it. We all do it. But if we would just put our armor on and say, man, it may not work out the way I wanted to, but boy, I'm going to have some peace. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to get my heart clean. My mind's going to be right before God. I want to go to sleep at the end of the day knowing my heart's right, my mind's right. I've got peace in my spirit. I can't fix the problem, but I've got peace. And I'm holding on to this truth. I'm not leaving this truth. I'm not leaving the church with anything crazy. I've got this. This, is, this belongs to me. And so I will say this. If you will do this in the morning when you get up, and then when you have a day where it's, it's the spirit world attacking you and you really have the enemy coming at you, before you go to bed at night, do it again. Because when they come at you, and if they're coming at you in your sleep a lot, in your dream, you're having nightmares or always, and if, if the nightmares are vicious or whatever, then just put, put the armor on before you go to sleep. That way you're letting hell know, I'm not vulnerable, you can't get to me. And there's nothing more powerful than going to sleep reading the word of God, by the way. There's nothing more amazing than going to sleep reading the word of God. The devil wants you to go to sleep watching Netflix, watching movies. Because if you go to sleep doing that, you're saying, I'm going to bed without my armor on. Hope everything works out all right. But when you go to bed reading this, come you're on. saying, back off. I'm about to go to sleep. Hallelujah. You can't come near me. You can't come near me. You can't come near me. Or my house. Or my kid. That's the peace of God. That's what I felt to talk to you guys about tonight. I hope it helped somebody. Dad, I don't know what you want to do with it, but it's, I really feel that in the Holy Ghost. That if we put our armor on, we'll really see more things happen that we need to happen. Very good. Very good. Anybody have a comment or question? He can't hear you. You'll have to tell me and then I'll talk to anybody. I like how Paul started verse 10 when he said, finally. Yeah. Finally. I know, yeah. you, I know you've said that repeatedly, but finally. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is the thing I, I've got to remember. Finally. That, that was food for the soul tonight. I know that I know we're not going to leave here or, and say, I understand it now. It's going to be something we chew on. It's, yeah. we, we, I'm learning well, it myself. The, the more we digest, mm -hmm. the more it's going to become real to me, to us. Just remember that whatever piece of the armor you don't put on is where they're going to be coming at you that day. That is, that's so true, isn't it? So that true. They're, they're spirits. They watch humans. They watch patterns. And so if, if you're always, you always have peace and, uh, and you always, you're just calm and you're laid back and you're relaxed and you don't worry about anything, they know they can't get to you. You walk in peace. But if they can get you questioning the truth and they'll bring, they'll bring a friend that doesn't believe it, they'll bring up someone, family, they'll do, they'll do anything they can to get you to start to wonder anything they can. They just, they watch where your armor is not on. It's not where you're weak, it's where you're not, your armor is not on. Matthew 4, of course, is just all over mm -hmm. my head right now or in my head about, you know, every, every attack that Satan laid out against the man, Jesus. He, mm -hmm. he said what? And it is written. It is written. It is written. Before, before we lose you or let you go, uh, December 22nd, are we still on? Yes, sir. Sunday morning. Yes, sir. What so, time is your service Sunday morning starting? Uh, well, we start, that's where I was going. We start at 10.30, but okay. um, 
You probably won't have me on the screen at 10.30, Karen. That's what I would. Do you want to be part of the any part of the last few minutes of songs, preliminaries, sure. or does it matter to you? Yes, in the last song, just put it, just just let me know. You put it, let me know. Call me on the last song if you want. Or you can just call me and introduce me, Dad. I'll be ready. What what you uh, if you have a this is teaching format, and he's sitting down, and so are we. Um, but if you get wild and crazy, I was told, and you're back by the fireplace preaching, we need. We probably won't hear you, you know, on that Sunday morning, if you okay. get if you get wound you want me up. You just sit down and teach again. Is that what we want him near the microphone or what? Or do you have a headphone with a microphone type? I can figure it out. Yeah, I'll get something where it, where it's not like where it's not bad. <clears throat> Some I've had I've had a couple of people say to me, Josh, oh, I like the way he just teaches calmly. I'm like, stop it. Stop it. That's a shot at me is what that is. I'm, I'm, you know, a promotion of you and a shot at me. And I'm like. Uh, That's why you have me do this Sunday morning because that won't happen. The, the teaching calmly goes away when it's real church. Right. Mm -hmm. This is totally different. Preaching. There's, there's altar calls involved. you got to preach, baby. Yeah. Yeah. you got to be passionate, right? I mean. I mean. You know, if people want to just hear talking, they can turn the radio preacher on, right? Mm -hmm. But preaching involves, apostolic preaching is passionate. Absolutely. Brother Bear used to say, remember, the only difference between teaching and preaching? One is telling and one is yelling. Yeah. One is telling, the other is yelling. That's probably what some people think that don't understand apostolic ministry, but there's, mo there's much more to it than that. Love you, son. Thank you so Love much. You, Appreciate right. it, bud. Talk to you soon. Bless you.